Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Today, Mark Woodford, of course, he joins us again, uh, SEN tennis commentator for the all electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. It's a pinnacle of engineering, Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Mark, good morning, and I know as a dedicated professional and a tennis lover, you would have seen it right through to the last point last night. Oh, let me just stretch as I'm yawning here in bed. <laughs> I I wish I had made it to the fifth set, but I, I fell asleep uh, when it went to the beginning of the fifth. I, it just, I, I mean, I was so tired, obviously, um, but I woke up early this morning was uh, and saw the news that he, that Kokonakis went down. Wow, amazing, huh? Woodbridge would have seen it through. Yeah, yeah. Well, he probably had to commentate on it with the TV, but you know us radio people. <laughs> so let's start with uh, from Thanasi's point of view. We've had a few people, you know, said I didn't see the whole match. Um, you know, even I didn't even see the third set. I went to bed at the end of the second set thinking he was going to win. Was Murray just too good? Was there an element of tightening up from Thanasi? How did you sort of analyse what happened in that third set when he really had the the match on his own racket? Yeah, well, look, some, something obviously, you know, the momentum switch, you know, Tanasi to come out and take those first two sets and 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 dominate. I mean, he he could have won uh, both sets a little easier than what the scoreboard uh, ended up being, um, but but there was a a moment in that third set it, it kind of switched around and and whether it's Andy Murray's body starting to to awaken, um, you know, look at a, a tough turnaround time for Murray after that first round match. But, you know, whether Tanasi felt, you know, look, I mean, only Tanasi will be able to answer it. Uh, and at the moment, it is probably very raw. Uh, he, he's, you know, no doubt really ticked off uh, that he ended up uh, letting it slip through his hands. But at those moments, you've got to be able to, you know, get over the finishing line. You've got to cancel these guys out in three sets. But, it did switch around. Murray's body might have loosened up. Uh, he made there was one rally. I think he had to return four overheads uh, of Tanasi and ended up winning the point. And it's it is moments like that that a match, whether it's three sets or five sets, can turn it around. And and I think that might have instigated, uh, deflated Tanasi. It, it's it seems strange that it might have because he was still you know strongly in the lead, but. Um, I, I think it just started to chip away at him. And, uh, you know, once it got to that fifth set, that's, I, I kind of was like, oh, no, please. Mm. You, you know, but it, it, the signs were there um, that Murray was going to win that in the fifth set. So what about Andy Murray, Mark? I mean, we played the audio off the top of the show four years ago at the Australian Open before his first match. He was basically saying, this could be it. I'm in too yeah. much pain. I've tried everything. I can't keep going on like this. Four years later, he's still winning five-set matches in the second longest match in Australian Open history. I mean, it's phenomenal. It, it, it's breathtaking. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and look, the send-off 
Remember the send-off that they gave That's him right. at the Australian Open? Yeah. I think there was video tribute, uh, players uh, out on the court waving goodbye. Um, and, and he's come back. Uh, look, I, I, don't, I think they maybe pulled the trigger too soon on, on the farewell there. I don't think Andy had <laughs> necessarily made that announcement, but it was kind of, you know, it, it, it went that way. Um, but, you know, it's a, look, uh, resilience patience uh the the uh, surgery that he had to undergo um it does take a while to come back from i saw him play in adelaide two weeks ago uh it, the the first match that he played against sebastian quarter um and i thought it was a sorry sight myself um and i actually was calling it on tv so i i i, I just felt look this is going to be a tough summer for Andy Murray, uh, I, I feel like this is the farewell for him. He just didn't seem to be, you, you know, moving as well. And it, doesn't it doesn't it look painful when he walks? Yes, it does. I mean, it, it looks like that he's in agony. Um, but he says that he's fine. It's just developed that that, that little role. And uh, uh, but I, I just did not forecast, um, you know, the first round victory over Berrettini. Uh, nor did I see him, you know, w- winning against uh, a Kokonakis. But there goes the, you know, proves the point. You can never discount the great champions. Can he go again? Like two five-set matches, and now he plays <laughs> Roberto Batista Agu, who's a good player. I mean, how's yeah. he, at 4 a.m. finish, can he go again? Look, I, I, as I said, I, I, I did not think that he would beat Berrettini. <laughs> I did not, did not see his body rebounding to, to have enough in the um, energy bank to, to beat Tanasi. Uh, and you've just pointed it out. How does he respond? How does the body respond uh, after two five-set matches? He finishes at 4 a.m. Lord knows, he's probably just climbing into bed now after all the... Uh, media, the treatment that no doubt he would have had to undergo. Um, I I have no idea, but I I tell you, the tournament organisers better be kind to him. I mean, I think they did help him with, uh, you know, giving him as much time before Kokonakis. They're going to have to give him uh, the, the, uh, you know, the best that they can uh, schedule in order for him to have a chance against Batista. We're talking to Mark Woodford, SEN tennis commentator. So, Whenever we have these finishes, you know, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, it does generate a lot of debate. Is it ridiculous? Is there an alternative? I mean, what are your thoughts? What is the alternative to make sure this doesn't happen? Or is there there not one with the, I guess, the fluky nature of um, Grand Slam tournaments with weather and scheduling and matches going longer than expected? Is there actually a way we can avoid these late finishes? I, I think the only way to avoid it is is if the tournament gets together. Um, you know, they they're one of four Grand Slams, and so the the quartet, the four of them, obviously have you, you know ongoing meetings throughout the year, um, and, and they, they they address certain elements, areas that that might, might crop up. And I'm sure this um, particular you know scheduling concern will be tabled, and and the four leaders will will have a an internal discussion and, and maybe the outcome is they they decide um you, you know that matches can't go on the court by you mm. know that maybe they have 11 p.m cutoff yeah. maybe it is a little earlier maybe they they say uh, you know we can't put matches that allow you to play past 1 a.m because there there is that that health side player health which we know 
there's been a lot of discussion over the last few years about the mental health of players and and how they recover and and still remain in the game. So, you know, it's a, it's a hot issue. But don't these matches don't they create so much attention and drama? And it's it's like the the the, the lifeline of Grand Slam tennis. These uh, late finishes it adds so much drama to the tournament. And uh, you know, so there are two sides to it. But I, but I think. They're probably, I wouldn't be surprised, a move towards, you know, just making certain parameters. You you, you can't put matches on uh, past a certain time. And, uh, you know, if it gets to 2 a.m., you know, like the buzzer presses and, uh, you know, we'll see you guys come back tomorrow. Yeah, I think that, that that's a pretty sensible suggestion, I reckon. I think that's the only way you can try and avoid it. But as you say, I mean, that, they're not dud matches, these ones that go to three or four. They're the ones that we no. actually remember down the track, if you think, you know, sure. Leighton Hewitt, Marcus Bagdadis, so going back a long way. Just on Novak Djokovic last night, I, I, I feel like he had a decent point, A, about the spectator heckling him, B, afterwards when he said, well, why do I have to bring it up? If the umpire's yeah. hearing it and the match referee can hear it, why why am I the one that has to bring it up and look like the bad guys? You got a fair point there. Yeah, he he, he does. And before I answer that, I will as fucking just revert back to the Murray match. You've got to remember also, back in Europe, it's a perfect time yeah, zone true. for the UK audiences. Mm. So all of Europe were up in the middle of the day, uh, no doubt glued to the TV. So so there's the issue as well of you know do you balance it out? It might not be prime time here in Australia. But they're also, you, you know, you've got to be conscious of the audiences that are overseas. So, you know, that's uh, that's something that the Grand Slams will will tend to, no doubt. But regarding the issue with Novak, yeah, look, I, I again, I was concerned. Uh, um, it's very difficult in our booth. If you saw our, the booth size that BP and <laughs> I are small. In, we've we've got like five screens in there. We're trying to keep track of. You know, Popper and Deminar and, and Djokovic is on. And, and uh, you know, it's just uh, Bencic was was out on court as well. Um, so uh, we were keeping track on, on Novak there, but he was not moving well. Um, and, and it was a bit of a surprise that he actually, you know, we, we were unaware of perhaps the heckling um, that, that had been uh, going on. But, yes, what, why does it? You know, uh, uh, fall upon the the player if they're that vocal, um, and and I, I don't know exactly, you know, the the nature of it. But why wasn't the chair umpire perhaps, um, you know, turning around and specifically pinpointing, you, you know, the the individuals uh, in the crowd? As it was, it was quite hilarious because that half of the crowd on that stadium side, they all just started pointing and waving at those characters. And, and then when they, they were bidding them adieu as they were walking <laughs> out of the stadium. So, you know, it kind of made light of it in the end, but frustration for Djokovic. But I think that's more, you, you know, he has he, got to be concerned about uh, the hamstring uh, problem. And, uh, you, you know, look, he got, he got through, you know, in a flash in that fourth set. So, um, you, you know, I probably spent a bit of time on the table taking care of it because he's got a big match against Dimitrov ahead. Yeah, he's certainly concerned about it. And he said that afterwards. So with Novak under a cloud, uh, you know, no Alcaraz here. Uh, Rafa's yeah. out. Kasparud yeah. was defeated yesterday. Alex Verev was defeated yesterday. There's no Kyrgios. Right. Is there a chance here for a Popperin or a Demon or, or both to go oh, pretty deep it. in this tournament? Yeah, you're writing the perfect script for, for for us here in Melbourne at the Australian Open. Um, 
uh, Popperin. I mean, what an effort yesterday to to take out uh, Fritz and and Alex. You know, uber professional. You know, proved his fitness um, and and patience in that match. I, I think Alex probably was a little surprised to hear that his next opponent wasn't going to be Pablo Carreño Busta, which would have been a nightmare of a match for him. But, you know, there, there is that section of the draw, not just for, for Alex, but as well for for, for Alexi. So, um, yeah, they can go deep. They've got, you know, different games. Um, one is very offensive. Uh, and when he's lighting it up, he is super dangerous, which is popper. And, but you've just got that stoic defense of uh, of De Manar and, uh, you know, he, he can go a long way as well. But look, at the, on one half of the draw, there is certainly going to be some surprise players in the latter stages of the tournament. But what an opportunity to uh, boost their careers. Absolutely. It's all set up uh, beautifully in some of the big names in the women's side uh, in action today. Mark, uh, thanks for getting out of your jammies and uh, taking our call. Now go and have a couple of ski double-ups and get ready uh, for a big uh, day five down at Melbourne Park. I, 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 know I need a cuppa as well to get me going, but uh, I, I appreciate the time. We'll speak again soon. Look forward to it. Uh, Mark Woodford, he is a good sport and uh, a great analyst uh, of the game, and uh, we've enjoyed having his company a couple of times here uh, on Mornings and also the Captain's Run. That was for the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering, Kia EV6 GT. This is the Captain's Run for State Transport. Our people are your solution. It's four-day sale time at Harris Scarf. Hot deals on a wide range of homewares and fashion. You won't believe this.